You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you, and you are listening to Reception, Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing today on this fine Tuesday afternoon as we record here today? I'm doing great, James. Um, you can feel, uh, you're, you're definitely starting to feel the weight of that extra week before the draft at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, no disrespect to Chris Collinsworth, but you, we're, we've, we're so long into the draft process that I saw a tweet like an hour ago that in Chris Collinsworth's final mock draft, he mocked Hendon <laughs> Hooker to the Chiefs at the 31st overall pick. I'm like, and in the idea of like, well, the only way the Chiefs season is banged is if, uh, is if they lose <laughs> Patrick Holmes. So let's get him Hendon Hooker. I'm like, yep, we let's, That'll be enough. We need it. We, we're, we're just killing time now before we actually see these damn picks. So uh, I'm I'm ready for it to be Thursday. I'm well, shoot. I'm ready really for it to be Sunday so that we get the 100%. whole thing done. And I mean, but yeah, I love the draft. Uh, I'm just ready to get to the draft at this point. Yeah, I love the draft too, man. Uh, just the talking points and all that stuff. And, and you get to kind of learn about these guys uh, from an interpersonal basis as well. Some of the packages that they put together on NFL Network and ESPN, I think are great too. So oh, yeah. uh, learn a lot about the people um, that are entering into the draft, which I think is a lot of fun too. I, I mean, listen, you and I, we can sit here and pop up YouTube videos and game tape and, and those kind of things. But uh, what's great about the draft show in particular is that they do the work. You know, they mm-hmm. really do the work in terms of trying to find good stories on some of these folks and um, and, and kind of just round them out as people, man, not just prospects. They're people, too. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so there you go. But hey, listen, we got a great show today uh, for the folks out there because um, we're going to talk about some, you know, uh, incoming rookies here, some prospects, if you will. I want to talk about Tank Dell out of Houston, Marvin Mims. These are two guys that from an athletic profile are very, very different. Uh, their games are very, very different. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm a little torn on how each one of these guys will go, uh, in the NFL. So of course we've got to talk to Matt Harmon about that. And, and of course they've got their full profiles up on reception perception, uh, com. So go check that out. Uh, but I want to start the show off with, of course, the, the hot topic, Aaron Rodgers now officially a New York jet, uh, the jets, uh, I'm not sure what they were thinking here, honestly. And and I think the 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 overarching, you know, thought in the football space is that they got fleeced. As a matter of fact, the word fleeced was trending on Twitter when the trade oh, went no. down. That's how many people thought the Jets did poorly uh in this trade. Not only did the 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 Packers get a pick swap moving up two picks, they got the they got the second, which everyone assumed that they were going to get, but they also got a conditional first rounder 
Rodgers just needs to play 65% of the snaps in this upcoming year for the second rounder to, to, to float into the first round. Man, I don't know what the Jets were thinking here, um, but they could have just waited and waited and waited the Green Bay Packers out. There's no way the Packers are going to carry that cap charge going into next season. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 65% of the snaps is like 12 games. You know, he plays 12 games, he'll 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 make that. Um so crazy. And, and by by the way, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play that amount of snaps, there's a good chance that the Jets suck and that will basically be like a high second round pick. So exactly. that's kind of a, a win-win for Green Bay there. Um Unbelievable. Look, I actually like the no shock, I'm going to be the centrist on this trade. I like this trade yeah. for both sides um because for the Packers side of it, look, you we're moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Like right. if you think about it that like it is a lot for them to it's a lot to get for a player that you were done with. But it's yes, just tough because a ton. that player that that you were that player you were done with though is still a two-time MVP from the last three seasons. <laughs> like, you know, it, like it, I I, I understand point. that they were yeah. not going to just give Aaron Rodgers away. I mean, they would just I guess they just carry the cap charge and wait him out and you know, I mean if he doesn't if he's on the roster he doesn't show up to training camp and stuff like they can start to find him. It could get really messy. Um, but anyways, like, but from the jets point of view, look, you, it's, it is, there are no ideal situations when you're in the spot that the jets are in, because we have to remember that they are in this position because they whiffed hilariously, hideously, awfully bad on the Zach Wilson pick. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no, right. there is not like right. a comfortable pair. Right. There often are no parachute cords to rip when you've made nope. this, m this massive of a gaff. So if you have to maybe overextend yourself a bit to find a, not a perfect solution. Cause there are obviously risks with Rogers. Like the guy right. said he was 90% retired almost 40 days ago. Um, you know, th <laughs> that that's obviously a little concerning. This might be a one-year Band-Aid, um, and obviously there are questions about Rodgers, but look, for you to land Aaron Rodgers as your consolation prize for, hey, we screwed up epically on the second overall pick, and like we got to salvage something. This is a good roster. This roster is ready to go right now. We have young players that, that Rodgers can, can help develop. I, I think it's a like, – again, if you have to overextend yourself a little bit, I, I like the move for the Jets. Uh, it To me, like – I would have been fine if they just gave up the 13th overall pick this year and just gotten hmm. it done. Like they had to get it done because there were no other options for the jets. Like, and I think the longer, I know that people think the Packers have the, you know, no leverage or whatever. And, but I mean, it doesn't matter. The deal's done. But like, I think too, when you think about the fact, like the longer this goes on for the jets, the weirder, the vibe gets around it, you know, like you want them in the <laughs> building, you want to be able to have the it's press true. conference, the whole thing. So just get it done. Like, I'm just glad it got done. Honestly, just get it done. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that, man, but I will say though, and we've harped on this many, many times on the show. Uh, but again, it's like, if you're making this move, don't move Elijah Moore. Like that's the move yeah. that to me didn't make any sense, right? If you're making this Rogers move, don't move Elijah Moore. But we've harped on that. So uh, the, the one thing, the one thing actually that I, I've you know, because again, I think it was it was over 40 days ago, almost like 45 days or something that um, Rogers was on the McAfee show and said he intended to play for the Jets and his time in Green Bay was yeah. done. So it's crazy that it's been this long. But <laughs> the one thing that my opinion about this has changed since that day and since we've talked about it first on the show is that I pretty clearly think that. The Jets are going to be a – they want to be a pretty similar team to what they were last year, and that was a team that ran the ball, played good defense, and, like, they 
their 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 solar system orbited around Garrett Wilson and and Brees Hall. They don't want to necessarily be like this is not Peyton Manning going to the Broncos or, or and breaking passing records or or Tom Brady going to the Bucks and throwing 700 passes a year and like outrageous stuff like that. They don't have the ecosystem for that now that it's you know Garrett Wilson, who I think Garrett Wilson's a stud. You know, I put the stat out today mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter about how like he has a superstar ceiling because you know he had an 81.2 percent success rate versus press coverage as a rookie. And the the entire list of guys who have done that since 2014 in their rookie season hit 80% success rate versus press. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odo Beckham, and now Garrett Wilson. So again, those, <laughs> they're like, those are like all the best receivers in the NFL, right? Yeah. Those are all superstar yeah. level players. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. you have a Garrett Wilson as a like 130, 140 target plus player, um, and then you have Alan Lazard as a role player, we'll see if Corey Davis is still on the roster. Um, they could it. still add a couple of receipts. Yeah, I, I kind of doubt it too, but um, they're a little thin there. That's for sure. Like this is a team that wants Brees Hall who had an ACL tear, but a pretty clean ACL tear uh, to be sort of the figurehead of their offense. And they want Rogers to, you know, and they want Rogers to be an efficient passer. And when Rogers was an MVP in 2020, 2021, he ranked 13th and 12th in pass attempts. So I think they want to have a similar, you know, offensive approach to that. And I think if if you're shipping off Elijah Moore for assets, like by the way, the Elijah Moore pick is the one that went back to Green Bay um, in this trade. So I don't know. I, I I'm not obviously I liked Elijah Moore. I'm a huge Elijah Moore fan, but I just think like the Jets. If part of getting Rodgers in the fold was losing Elijah Moore and still keeping to your offensive identity, I'm not necessarily going to kill him for that. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. But like I said, man, I think what makes the NFL what when teams separate themselves, Matt. Uh, it's when they become specialized in something and it forces other teams to adapt to them. Right now, what they've got from from an offensive perspective is a very ordinary, I don't want to say ordinary, but it's nothing special. They yeah. have a a, 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 a a good to great quarterback, okay? But he's not, let, let's be real, uh, at this point in his career, he's. it's not like he's a top three quarterback in the NFL, right? So he's Probably good to great. Either. Um, you've got a great wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, and then the talent level behind him falls off the map. Alan Lazard is an average player. Miko Hardman, we're not even sure he's starter level. Okay, no, yeah, so, I don't think so. Uh, so we are really, really um, scraping the bottom of the barrel here in terms of talent for pass catchers. I mean, Tyler Conklin, okay, maybe. I, I mean, again, we're talking about a – a rotational starting tight end. Okay. I love Brees Hall. You know, I love Brees Hall. I've been touting Brees Hall for, for an entire year now. Right. So no, I love Brees, but again, he's coming off of an ACL. So when I look at this offense from just a paper standpoint, talent standpoint, I think from a talent perspective, I think they're, they're slightly above average, you know, but when you add Elijah Moore into the mix and man, how, how often how have we seen this on teams when you have a guy that can, make everyone slot into their more natural positions. The offense just, mm, it just starts clicking, man. You know what I'm saying? So I thought they made a real mistake there, but I I totally get what you're saying. If, if that's the, if that's the linchpin that makes the deal work, obviously you got to make that deal, man. Mm -hmm. So, so I I do get that part about it as well. Uh, I want to get your, I want to get your thoughts on, on this comment though, from, from Douglas who said, 
making this move for Aaron Rodgers is a quote unquote great thing for Zach Wilson. Okay. And he also <laughs> followed that up by saying Zach Wilson has a quote unlimited ceiling. Uh, I politely disagree with you, Mr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, come on, bro. The, come on, Joe. What's going on? Don't say these things. Come on, man. I, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't just go up there and say like F Zach Wilson. We're done with Zach Wilson just cause it's like, so I, God, man, I, I'd almost just ship him like for any pick you could get like Agreed. a seventh round because totally you just don't want- agree. The, the nightmare for Jets fans is like, you know, I don't even want to like, like knock on wood. I don't, don't want to put this in the universe, but like Rodgers gets hurt week four and like Zach Wilson's your backup quarterback and like oh. you see old number two trotting back out there. It's just so toxic. Like his teammates are openly celebrating that like <laughs> hey, Brees Hall, Brees Hall has Aaron Rodgers as his profile picture on Twitter. His Aaron Rodgers is his pro in, back at Cal. He's his profile That's picture amazing. on Twitter. So, I mean, like your teammates, your teammates are so excited about the fact you're done with you. It just, it, I, I would just get him off the roster. So you don't even have to answer questions about him anymore, but they do seem to, I do kind of think they might have themselves in this weird little brain pretzel where that Aaron Rodgers, cause him and Zach Wilson have had some sort of, um, bond, like friendship a little bit. Like they've texted and communicated before that they, that he might be like good for, uh, Zach Wilson in the room. But just the thing with Zach Wilson is like. It just it, no, it's just not going to happen. Like guys who are guys who are that uncomfortable <laughs> under pressure don't suddenly become comfortable under pressure, and 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 it just it's going to fix itself. Like I don't know. I like he he maybe maybe if he develops it, I don't know. But I I just I it's crazy to me. I'm I'm curious what you think about from the Packers standpoint now. Yeah. Um. Because look, the Packers obviously it sucks that it has ended in this horribly frosty way and like. But it is such an it's an end of an unbelievable run with Rodgers there. I, I know they Crazy. only won one title, but he was so good. You know, you couple with the fact that he like he got he replaced a legend in Brett Favre and became better than Brett Favre. You know, it's it's a right. hell of a run. And now they move on to Jordan Love with an offensive roster that I, I, needs a lot of help. Like mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm working. I'm moving on from the rookies now charting and I'm, I'm working on the guys that are going to be on the site on May 8th, you know, which is the um, with a giant move in the background. Oh, my God. Uh, but, um, you know, <laughs> good, good <laughs> those are the guys. That, yeah, thank you. Those are the rookies from 2022. <laughs> the rookies of last year are going to hit the site on May 8th. And I got started on Christian Watson, obviously, because of this whole thing. And, dude, like, I just don't think Christian Watson is the number one receiver. Like, I think he's no. a. I think he's like a highly volatile, like a Martavis Bryant. My prospect comparison mm-hmm. was Martavis Bryant, like a volatile number two receiver that has high highs, but some low lows. Like I, I it's kind of nice that they ended up with a 13th pick and maybe jumping New England. Cause I think they need a receiver. I think they should take a yeah. receiver in round one. Cause that depth chart is, I think they will too, because I could see how they used to justify, like we don't need to invest in receivers. We have Aaron Rodgers, the ultimate teammate elevator, We'll, and we have, by the way, they also always went under the Killing. radar that they had the best effing receiver in football. Like, yeah. get Aaron Rodgers some help. Oh, he just happens to have the best receiver in football, Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers falls off in 22. Gee, I wonder who left the offense in 2022. <laughs> right, um, exactly. So I think you could exactly. justify not making those investments previously. But now with the pick swap to get up to 13, I mean, maybe they just end up taking a lineman, which, by the way, that's not the worst thing in the world either. But um, I, I do think they, they need pass catching help there to make the Jordan Love thing work. 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely need O-line help as well. They've got an aging O-line uh, that is uh, fragile at best. Uh, but you're right, the, the pass catchers there, man. They got Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dubs. Um, and then who was their who was their wide receiver three, dude? Like uh, I think it would be like Samaje Torre right now, who had like one no, long really. I think I mean, yeah. There's, I don't I don't know anyone else on the roster. I, I just pulled it up. Bo Melton, Jeff Cotton. Who are these guys? <laughs> what? I feel like Bo, who are these Bo Melton was drafted by the Seahawks in the seventh round last year. I Good think. God. I think. Um, Bo Melton, yeah. Jeff Cotton, and Samori Torre. Come on, dude. I know Torre got some run. Uh, last year, but golly, that that is that's got to be the worst pass catching group uh, in the NFL. Has to be. Yeah, Torrey had uh, five <laughs> five catches last year. Um, he did have that one long touchdown uh, against the Bills. Um, and and yeah, I mean, listen, I. I contend that nobody spends more time on wide receivers than me. I don't know who Jeff Cotton is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who that who is. is. Jeff, Cot- Jeff Cotton is a Madden creative player, dude. What are you talking about? This is not a real player in the NFL. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, but no, so, like any yeah, of these, ahead. I mean, JSN, I think would be awesome at the 13th yeah, be overall pick. Like would be great. And you know, I, cause, cause perfect I think they just need some perfect. Fit. So perfect. I think they need somebody that's steady. You know, somebody that's a really steady player there a guy that gets routine separation in short to intermediate areas. Cause Christian Watson right now, I mean, again, the far, even the farther you go into the season when he was popping off, like some, some touchdowns and stuff, it's nine routes. It's post routes. It's slant routes. It's kind of what I've said about Christian Watson, even dating back to his draft days, which is fine. That's it can be a really good player, but I do think you still lack a number one receiver that Jordan love on third down knows like I'm going to this guy when there's man coverage, I'm going to this guy early in the, early in the route. He's my first read. He's going to be open quickly. And that does scream JSN to me. Yeah. Um, I just think I'm just going to go out on a limb and just say, I think they're going to get exposed. I think green Bay is going to get absolutely exposed. They're going to get, they're going to get torched this year. I don't believe in the head coach, um, and and I've said that very publicly for for many many years. And I think Aaron Rodgers has been masking a lot of their problems, uh, both just from a talent perspective and from a coaching perspective. Um, I think they're going to get run up. I, I really do. Uh, I, and 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 listen, I love their running backs. We we just talked about their their wide receivers being you know not NFL caliber. The running backs great. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. That's an awesome one two punch. Um, if their offensive line stays healthy, um, then they could be they could grind out some yards on the ground, which is exactly what Lafleur would love to do. Um, but I, I, from a defensive standpoint, they they look a little sketchy. Uh, man, this offense is going to be a tough, tough watch. Man, it's going to be a tough <laughs> watch, bro. Uh, I, I'm not looking forward to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the 
we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, we'll stay in that division. Jamison Williams suspended six games. Matt, I, I mean, uh, yeah. if it's not one thing, it's another. I, you know, the guy's recovering from injury, showed some splash playability last year, and okay, well, people are getting gassed up for him to come back in 2023, and then bam, just six games uh, gone with the suspension. Yeah, um, and let me say this. I I know this is going to be an unpopular take. It's not the cool kid thing to say on Twitter, but – um, I have zero sympathy for these dudes who get banged for, for gambling suspensions. Uh, like, oh my God. Same. You're, you, you remember what it was like working at the NFL. It was like, don't even, don't even say like, I bet on that in the hallway or, you know, like it, <laughs> it's the first, it's like the first thing they tell you. And yeah, I don't care that it's right. weird that he bet like, okay, it's weird that he bet in the facility, but not an NFL game. But he could have bet on it at home. That's fine. I just don't care. Don't. Break the rules at your job. You want to you want to get the checks. You want to CTC cash them checks. Don't break the rules. It's the easiest thing to not do. I have zero sympathy. Like it, that's what ki- kills me too. Is people like, oh, it's so stupid that he 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 could have bet it at home and but he bet it in the facility. Well, then f- wait till you get home, pal. Like, <laughs> come on. If it is that easy, if it is that simple, then just do it the right way. Again, I know that's not the cool kid thing to say. It is, but not. I have it's zero. Not. It's not. I have zero sympathy for these guys who get banged for gambling. Like it's, it's way way dumber than like failing a drug test, which is also stupid too because you know when the yeah. drug tests are coming. But right. that's even worse. <laughs> that is the gambling thing is way worse. Um, it's okay. It's it's so no. funny because it, well, here's the thing. Um, it, it's really interesting listening to you sometimes because like we come up with these thoughts completely independently, uh, but. When I'm on an island about certain things, like I remember last year I was on an island about this Calvin Ridley betting thing. And I'm like, yo, I agree with the NFL. You got to suspend this guy. And, yeah. and people were like, why would you why would you say that? They've invested so much in sports gambling. <clears throat> There's all these like jokes and stuff. And, and don't remember, the jokes are great. The jokes are, are freaking yeah, hilarious. Too. I, yeah. I, lo- I love it. Okay, but you can't have it. The reason being is, okay, let's just take it to its logical conclusion. You let these players gamble. All right. Okay. The logical, let's just keep going down the road. Let, let's forget about 2020. Just go down 10 years from now, five years from now, even. Okay. Bet, players can bet. Okay. At what point are you worried about a guy taking a playoff? At what point are you worried about a guy, you know, again, maybe he doesn't go so far as to throw a game, but maybe he does. I, the, the problem becomes the optics of it all. Mm-hmm. And 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 the problem becomes not for the player or the team. It's now it's an existential crisis because people, fans, they don't want to watch a product that they are worried about the integrity possibly, possibly being compromised. Not that there's already is. idiots out there saying that the NFL is rigged. Like, yeah, imagine if players exactly. are bet- betting on the games. Uh, and Dude, again, James Williams was an betting existential on NFL crisis, games, but- man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I get it. Yeah, it's it's no, I get it. They they got him on a technicality, which is why he's uh, suspended six games and not the year. I I get that. Um, and so should those should they maybe relax some of those things? 
yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. But to your point, the rules are the rules there in, in this particular instance. And, and he got banged for it anyways. Um, from a football perspective, Matt, six games, not the end of the world, but for, for a guy who is essentially a rookie, essentially a rookie here. Yeah. Uh, you, you lose another six games of the season, man. It's like, golly, what, what, what are we expecting here from Jameson Williams? I know. It, it just, I hate when, I, and it makes me nervous too, when we're going to now be like a year and a half into this guy's career and he's still like an unknown. Um, now, Jameson Williams is a prospect. You know, I put the stacked prospect board up on the site. Uh, I've talked about it on this show. Uh, so you can kind of see what I thought of Jamison Williams relative to uh, last year's draft class, the 2022 group. Like I thought that Chris Olave, Drake London, Garrett Wilson in that order were all better prospects and a tier above Jamison Williams. Um, I thought Jamison Williams was in a tier with Jahan Dotson last year, uh, which, and I love Jahan Dotson, but I I was never on board with like Jamison Williams has, could be the best receiver from this draft class. Like I, and maybe he ended up, maybe he could end up being, I have no idea, but I think there were tangible questions about his profile coming in, some of his ability to deal with press coverage, some of his ability to deal uh, to work back to the quarterback on short to intermediate routes. Um, Again, obviously unreal speed, but I I had some questions about him being a guy that you would throw. Like, like I said about Garrett Wilson, like you, you say every year at the beginning of the season, this guy's getting 130 targets, no matter what. Uh, at bare minimum you know and we're talking like he could be a 150 target guy maybe um Williams I had questions about him being that type of player anyways and now it's like yeah I was willing to write his entire rookie season off like I didn't get any of the criticism like oh he never ended up getting playing time even when he was off the injured list who cares like we knew I think it's almost smart for the Lions to say like hey this is a developmental guy and right. they always had DJ Chark on a one-year deal. They never even really pushed to bring back DJ Chark. They were counting. And I think this is the real bummer for the Lions is I think they were just counting on Jamison Williams being yep. the starting receiver opposite Amon Ross St. Brown to now the point that, like, they added Marvin Jones this offseason, and, and they still have Josh Reynolds. But given that they also have a gaping hole at tight end, you know, they, don't, they didn't replace TJ Hawkinson with anybody. I think they kind of have to think about adding a receiver on the first two days of the draft, at least like maybe not with one of their two first round picks, but they could potentially go tight end in round one and then maybe receiver in round two, like a, a true X receiver, like a Cedric Tillman type, I think would complete that receiver core anyways, even Williams is out there. So it's a bad, this is, this is why it's, it's tough because yeah, Jameson, like Williams now has left the lions in a really, really bad, bad spot here because they have Amon Ross St. Brown, who is great and I think is is a stud, but the depth behind him is, is pretty questionable. So can I also make this point too, Matt? Um, all right, so if we're talking last four, okay, now in, when we include 2023, maybe four and a half years, okay, almost five years of just like existing, okay? This guy has played one complete season, right? Yeah. 2021 was at Alabama and he played great and obviously got injured at the end of the year, 79 receptions, 1500 yards and 15 touchdowns. Awesome. Look great. 2020. He was at OSU 2019. He was at OSU barely played. He had six receptions in 2019 and nine receptions in 2020. And again, pretty much lost the entirety of his rookie campaign in 2022. He's going to miss another six games here in 2023. Don't tell me that doesn't make a difference. We're talking about a guy who could be a develop, like he needs to develop into a player, into an NFL caliber player. 
this stuff makes a, a difference. He just hasn't had the reps, man. So like, mm-hmm. so yeah, missing these six games, I think for me does make a difference. I'm not saying he's going to flame out of the league. I'm not, that's not what yeah. I'm saying, but, but he needs the time, man. He ne- absolutely needs the time because let's be real in terms of like game speed, like reps, he's very short on that right now mm-hmm. over the last four and a half years. And six games is a long time, you know, like if you're the Lions now, think about this when they go into the summer in, in training camp, like let's say they do draft a, a, a rookie receiver. You're now like, all right, well, do we give these reps with the first team offense to Jamison Williams? Cause he's our, he's the, the future of this right. team or like, sure. do we need to give some of these reps to the rookie? Because <laughs> six weeks is a long time. Six weeks is a long, long time, a long long part of the season. Like, (laughs) let me tell you what, if the Lions are get slow out of the gate the first six weeks, and I'm not saying it would just be because, you know, they of their receiver depth or anything, some other things would probably have to go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but uh yeah, you know, like I that's if they're four it would they would look a lot different if they're four and two as opposed to like three and four or or two and four or something like that, you know. So There's there's just a lot of pressure on and how you start so that they don't have to do what they did last year and like dig themselves out of a hole. Um, right. It's a good listen. It's just a good thing they have Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think was going to end up being a better player than James Williams anyways. Um, oh yeah, and and now like <laughs> dude, that guy's <laughs> fifteen targets a week first six weeks of the season probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, who else are they gonna throw to? Who else are they gonna throw to? I, I don't know. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Hey, listen, can we talk about some of these uh, prospects here? Um, You know, again, uh, not necessarily, you know, first round grades on these dudes, uh, but a couple of players that I found to be really, really intriguing uh, when I was watching these guys play. Uh, And again, you could find their full profiles on the website, receptionperception.com. Matt does the work, man, so that you do not have to. But this guy, uh, if you're not familiar with Reception Perception, I urge you to go to the website. Look at some of these profiles, man. Um, it's it's an eye-opening experience, uh, no doubt about it. But I uh, want to talk to you about Tank Dell out of Houston and Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Uh, we'll start with Tank Dell. Interesting player to me. 5'8", 166. I mean, come on, man. It's, it's unbelievably small. Now, that being said, Matt, when I watch him run, um, boy, it, it just it doesn't match up with what his 
his size is, he plays bigger than I think his size would indicate, and also his tested times, a 4.4940 and a 10.1 broad jump, that is so far below average for a guy of his size. Mm-hmm. It just that generally never works in the NFL except when you watch him on film though. Those numbers don't look right. It doesn't there's something that doesn't match up there because a 44940, mm-hmm. I'm watching him run Matt this dude is sudden and quick and just he's all kinds of bursty. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of his deep route running ability. You know, when you look at uh, like his route success rate charts on on RP, like he ran a corner route eight percent of his routes, which that's a pretty that's a, above the prospect average. It's a pretty high amount. Sixty two percent success rate on those routes. Fifty nine percent success rate on the nine. Seventy five percent success rate on the post. Like I think he could definitely fly, which is important because you're going to need to do that. I mean, he he's so small like I. I just, he looks small out there. Like some of these guys, you know, like Josh Downs, we've talked about yeah. um, Jordan Addison, skinnier. Like it's like, yeah, right. they look, they look like you know smaller players, but <laughs> Tank Dell is like alarmingly small when you, when you watch him play. <laughs> um, now yeah. that being said, uh, he also gets a lot of hype as a route runner too. Um, he had a great success rate versus press 83rd percentile success rate versus press 73.9%. Not didn't see a ton of press, but I, I really like his work off the line of scrimmage. Like you mentioned, sudden bursty, got a lot of precision off the line of scrimmage. Um, but his overall success rate versus man and zone were, you know, kind of like right around average. Um, I do think he's, and James, this happens every year, every draft season. It is a lock that some tiny bursty dude is going to get overhyped as the best route run in the NFL because they're going to go to the senior bowl and absolutely put cornerbacks in a blender. Every yeah. single year it happens. Tank Dell's yep. that guy this year, but he's a good player who um, I think could find a role in the NFL, but I do think he's going to have size limitations, you know, potentially be a slot only player. Um, and I think like, it, yeah, if he had been, you know, an 80th or above percentile separator across man and zone coverage. Maybe I'd think like, all right, yeah, he could, he could go along like the Devonte Smith pack or line or access. But I, I don't know that I totally agree with that. Yeah. It, in terms of what he does, just go pop on some tape. It's, it's a very, I don't know, man, like his twitchiness uh, when he moves laterally, Mm-hmm. is something that really pops, uh, which again, I think when you're going up against college corners, especially, um, you know, he played at Houston, you think about some of the corners that he went up with. I, I mean, they've got no chance, you know, I mean, he really puts like really almost like basketball moves out there. And, and I know we've said that about Justin Jefferson um, as well, but it is kind of sort of like, he's got like a little bit of a crossover move um, when he gets a, at the stem and, or at the line of scrimmage. Uh, when he's trying to get away from defenders. So uh, again, you look at the tested numbers and they're not very impressive. As a matter of fact, they're downright disappointing given the fact that this is a guy that's 5'8", 166 and he barely broke 4'5", Matt. That's not, that's not good. And a 10-1 broad jump too, again, not great. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but again, I know he's really, really small, Matt, but I thought he played bigger than his his size, not, not saying he was, you know, some overpowering Hulk, but just bigger than his listed size of 166. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, um, <laughs> uh, you know, when you look at a guy like tank Dell, I'm not expecting him to have a massive contested catch rate, but he doesn't like, again, the press coverage score really goes with what you're saying, but he could, his guy could play through physical contact. Um, he just, uh, you know, the in like if he's gonna excel in 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 the role that I think you imagine for a player like this, 
I, I want him to be a little bit better on like slant and dig routes, like working the yeah. middle of the field. Right. He's a little he's a little sloppy sometimes. Like he rounds off the routes occasionally when he's working towards the inside. He's just gonna have to get better about that. But I ended up kind of comparing him to Taylor Gabriel, who um if you remember Taylor Gabriel, he had some oh, yeah. some oh he had some awesome, you know, years in the NFL, particularly that one um and a couple years with the Bears. Uh he obviously had um a really great year with the Atlanta Falcons. He had a he had a much uh, higher. Uh, I, th- I think he probably ran a faster forty uh, than than Tank Dell did, but I can't really remember off the top of my head. But uh, also famously slid into my DMs one time because he wasn't happy about not being included as the top one of the top ten uh, free agent receivers uh, for NFL.com. So shout out to my good pal Taylor Gabriel on that one. There you go. Nice. Um, but yeah, nice. no, I, I I think like. Gabriel had a real grinders approach to the game. I think Tank Dell is a real grinders approach to the game. Yeah. Um, low volume, big play threat in like a yak based role would be what I right. probably see for Tank Dell. It's a it's gonna be a little bit difficult too, because this is a guy that doesn't really leave his feet a lot. Um mm-hmm. and and you know, he again in the NFL when you're five six one or five eight, one sixty six, sorry man, but you're gonna have to leave your feet to to make plays every now and again. Um you just got to do it. Uh, but you talk about that grinder mentality. It wouldn't surprise me at all, right? I mean, this is a guy that went from Alabama A&M to Independence Community College to then Houston, right? So mm-hmm. this is a guy that is used to, again, just kind of sort of grinding it out and just um, not really thinking about the future and just looking at what the next day brings, you know? Because I'm sorry, man, but when you go from Alabama A&M, to Houston. I know Houston's not in a power five, but like, you know, again, putting up the numbers that he was putting up at Houston, uh, that to me suggests somebody that's, that's really trying to work pretty hard, um, at getting better and improving and being successful. So that, that, those are things that again, you don't totally know, but, but at least there's some indicators there. Yeah. And and he has a background on special teams too. He had nine kicker turns, one touchdown. Yeah. uh, That's where he's going to make his hay. Yeah, for for uh, Houston last year, he had twenty punt or twenty nine punt returns, and then twenty kick returns. I think the year prior, um, so that's going to have to be a big deal for him. And also just playing like as a gunner on special teams too. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, the Rams drafted damn Tutu Atwell in the second round. He was like, <laughs> you know, small enough to get blown away by the wind, as Evan yeah. Silva would say. Um, right, and I think like. You know, Tank Dell's not going to go that high. I gave ultimately ranked him as like an early day three, you know, fourth round type of guy. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, you know, not one of the ten best receivers in this draft class, but um, certainly a guy like you know, again, you take him in the in the fourth round and you maybe get like a couple of a couple of nice years out of him in a low volume based role. I I like Tank Dell. I just think there are a few other people who like him more than me. Okay, so on the opposite end of the spectrum from an athletic profile, I'm looking at a guy like Marvin Mims, right? Like plays at a big-time school at Oklahoma, um, and he's 5'11", 185 pounds. Man, again, look, you know I'm going to like me some Marvin Mims, right? Like he ran a 4'3", <laughs> Right. Right, he's yeah. great in the contested catch area, right? Um, he's an awesome athlete, 4'3", 39 39.5-inch vertical, 10'9", broad jump. And again, 185 pounds, uh, 5'11". He's, he's got good size for the NFL as well. Um, I love his contested catchability. You talk about a guy that plays, you know, that leaves his feet, that, you know, he's going to make plays in the air. This is your guy, right? Go look up that highlight against Texas Tech. Um, he made a catch that was just unbelievable. I, it just oh. He ra- wrapped around his defender's hip 
to go bring that ball. The, 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 the defender thought it was incomplete because there's just no way this man could have caught that ball, but he did. Uh, just go look up that highlight. Uh, unbelievable catch there. Um, I know you comped him to somebody else, but I when I watched him play, um, and again, he lacks that suddenness that Tank Dell has um, mm-hmm. at the stem and, and at the line of scrimmage. He tries, tries to get by you with just straight-up speed, 4-3-8-40, right? Um, but he reminded me a little bit of another Marvin, Marvin Jones. Um, and I feel like that's a role, you know, as a number two wide receiver flanker type um, that I think Marvin Mims could potentially um, have some success. But what did you find when you were charting him? Yeah, um, you brought up the, the one the one catch. I still think the best catch I've seen from any prospect um, was when I was looking at a little bit of his 2021 stuff. Uh, him and Caleb Williams at Oklahoma against Texas. That right. was like a mind-bending catch for, for, <laughs> for Marvin Mims. So yeah, um, you brought up the contested catch stuff. Uh, he he will definitely he'll definitely lose some passes like on fo- like focus drop type stuff. Um, nine one nine point one percent drop rate in his reception perception sample, but seventy two point seven percent contested catch rate. He is. Um, really comfortable with physical play down the field. Um, oh yeah, he, he's a great ball tracker. I remember, um, you know, I, I mentioned this in the profile too. I remember back in the day talking about um, Sigmund with Sigmund Bloom and the late uh, great Chris West, Chris Wessling about John Brown being like this, like a, almost like those show dogs with the frisbee where you just whoosh that thing downfield <laughs> and like he would just run under it yeah. and track it. I think right. Marvin Mims has a little bit of that John Brown in him. T.Y. Hilton was another comparison I gave for him. You know, John Brown is 5'10", 179 pounds when he came in the league. Uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, was a little bit closer to uh, the, the, the Marvin Mims' size, who was, you know, he's 5'11", 183, as you mentioned. Um, I think that's where the axis of receiver that he's on, you know, um, and, and look, I love people know I loved John Brown. John Brown was like one of my favorite receivers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A very, very early reception perception favorite. Um, some of the success rates for, for Marvin Mims, the best one is his uh, man coverage score. 72.2% success rate versus man. That's a 71st percentile score. It's kind of right there around Jordan Addison and um, uh, Jordan Addison and uh, and Zay Flowers, uh, for the mm-hmm. couple of first day prospects, but 32nd percentile success rate versus zone, 29th percentile success rate versus press. I imagine him being like a speed slot receiver. Again, T.Y. Hilton was that type of player. You mentioned some of his like, we'll call it lack of nuance. Um, <laughs> good, good slant route and flat route uh-huh. success rate, which again, that's great for a slot receiver, but really poor showing on curl routes, comebacks, dig routes. Uh, out route was 75%. Like that's right, right at the average. He's going to have to get better on those base NFL routes if he's going to be a high volume receiver. But I do like Marvin Mims. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit for a team like the chargers that needs some more juice and separation ability. Oh man. Um, that would be what a call. Fun. What a great call. Oh my goodness. I just, I started salivating thinking about that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be a yeah. perfect fit for him. Are you kidding me? That'd be awesome. Perfect fit. Uh, they, they, again, they just need someone that can fling the ball down the field and just go and get it and man. go get um, it. I ended up having, you know, Marvin Mims. He was a tough guy to rank. I've, I've got him kind of right around like wide receiver 10 wide receiver 10 in the class uh for me which i think is fair um i like him a lot there are a couple of other potential day two options that i like better but um he's in a desirable tier uh and i think he should come off the board in day two and and 
I like him as a as a sleeper for sure. I like him as a guy that could be a guy that goes on day two and ends up having a long, long career. And like, yeah, T.Y. Hilton again. T.Y. Hilton led the NFL in receiving yards one year. Um, mm. So like, he could if he ends up developing on that path, I, I could see him being that type of player. Yeah, uh, fifty four receptions, um, one thousand eighty three yards, and six touchdowns. His last season at OU, obviously, put up huge numbers there with um, with Caleb Williams. And then when Caleb left, they obviously had a big. Uh, drop off in production at the quarterback spot and uh, and Marvin Mims, who, again, I, I really you, you got to love the speed. You got to love the contested catchability, um, but not the most refined route guy in the whole world. No. And and while he's got awesome straight line speed, he does show some short area burst, obviously, with a thirty nine and a half inch vertical and a ten nine broad. I don't necessarily know if that shows itself um, on the tape, but but. If he works at it, you know he's got it in him to yeah. be a short area burst guy. So um, so that could be very, very interesting. By the way, that could be something that um, also explains his high success rate on the slant. But um, go to receptionperception.com to see the full profiles on both Tank Dell and Marvin Mims. All right, so we talked about uh, quite a few folks here, but uh, if you want to go check out the full list on the Rookie Roundup, go to the website receptionperception.com. Our time does run short, though. Uh, hey, listen, again, if this is the first time You've run across our podcast. Just do us a solid subscribe, like it, uh, you know, rate the podcast, do all the things that you do with podcasts, you know, whatever it is. Anyways, uh, we appreciate everyone listening out there. Uh, the draft is upon us, man. Uh, and next week is going to be a great show. I can't wait to talk about the draft fallout. We might have to do two episodes next week, Matt. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, there's just so much stuff to, to kind of go through, man. Uh, we may have to just break it down into two episodes next week. But uh, for all the fans out there, we do appreciate y'all, man. But go to the website, receptionperception.com. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Go. We'll see ya.